It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where you learn ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. I'm going to talk about a coming ripoff in just seconds. Clark.com is our main web address. Clarkdeals.com is where you go to save money. Coming up in today's Clark Rageous Moment, $42 for a store pack of water. That happened in Houston. It is absolutely Clark Rageous. I want to talk about the gouge that happens sometimes when the chips are down. And later this hour, people are willing to pay for music, just not too much. And there's another price cut on you streaming music, and I want to tell you the details behind it and the general trend with you listening to the music you love. I want to talk about something that is such an odd event connected to the hurricane. And by the way, I'm so relieved and glad that the water is receding in significant portions of Houston. Stores already starting to reopen and people are able to go out and get food and supplies. I worked yesterday as a volunteer on an effort collecting supplies for Houston and it was just amazing to see one vehicle after another after another come up with donations being loaded onto tractor trailer trucks the goodness and the heart of we the American people is so obvious when something bad happens and we saw this disaster unfold and it just showed that people wanted to do what they could to help. I think about the people and what they refer to as the Cajun Navy, which had been so big after storms flood parts of Louisiana, where people with boats that have um, very low profile, what do you call those that are almost to the surface, have been deployed just by people volunteering and going and putting their boats in and going and rescuing people from roofs of houses and all that. I mean, we have so many people in America who have that can-do spirit of helping each other, and I am just so thankful for that. And I want to tell you that I have been disappointed that, that my unit has not been called up to go to Texas or Louisiana to provide any storm relief. I'm in my state guard and have not been called up. I I already have all my gear out, ready to go. And I am ready to serve as needed, but maybe, maybe there's no need for for me or my fellow troopers to go serve. Now, I just talked about all the good. So now I got to rain on that a little bit and tell you what's not going to be good. So is the water retreats what you're going to see is you're going to see this mountain of destroyed cars everywhere you look you know when they do the pan shots from the helicopters you'll see all these cars everywhere trucks suvs that are destroyed from the floodwaters well unfortunately there are people in the car business 
that are going to take these cars and they're going to clean them up, dress them up, and they're going to sell them to unsuspecting buyers. And people are going to be buying nothing but trouble. Looking at video right now on CNBC of destroyed vehicles. And many of those vehicles that look so sad now are going to end up back on used car lots. And I need for you to know that you need to check any used car you're going to buy starting from about a couple of weeks from now, probably into late next spring. You're going to really need to be thorough at checking the vehicle title history and having any used vehicle you're interested in buying inspected by a mechanic of your choosing. If a vehicle is never processed as an insurance claim, it will not show up on insurance industry databases that it's been a flood vehicle. And that's why the inspection is going to be so important. Uh, One odd thing is that I've been telling you for months that the used vehicle market is overpopulated, that prices for used vehicles have been coming down, too much supply. And this storm is changing that in a hurry. The value of used vehicles is spiking. The Mannheim auto auction people say that prices are at near record highs, just like, bam, like that, on used vehicles, and they expect prices to climb significantly in the next two weeks because suddenly the natural cycle of supply has been disrupted. I mean, the Houston metro area is 3% of the nation's population. And you may wonder how, and it's not even all 3% of vehicles there have been destroyed, but a meaningful percent of those vehicles have been. And how could all that be such a big disruptive effect? Because normally you wouldn't have that much vehicle supply taken out of the economic cycle all at once. And at the same time, that so many people are going to need new vehicles in short order. And that is a giant disruption to used vehicle pricing. Now, if you were interested in a new vehicle, your trade-in suddenly is worth a meaningful amount more. And so it makes the effective net cost of purchasing a new vehicle more affordable than it would have been two weeks ago. But please hear me on this about being a used vehicle purchaser over the next probably seven, eight months. There's a lot of danger that's going to lurk out there And you've got to do the right homework buying a used vehicle. And it's a one-two punch. Remember, vehicle title history. And I've got links to where you can do that for free. And an inspection of a vehicle so that you don't buy trouble. Christine is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Christine. Hi there. How are you today? Great. Thank you. You have done something for your niece. What did you do for her? I co-signed um, a student loan for my niece when she was going into college about eight years, nine years ago. And, well, you are uh, a nice aunt to do that, Christine. Thank you. Now I'm just wondering what impact that will have, if any, 
on my um, estate should I die before the loan is paid off? Wow, that is a great question. So if the loan is current at the time of your passing, and we're going to hope that you live a long, long time, this never becomes an issue, right? Oh, yes. I'm not planning on, on leaving us soon. Okay. So if she's current at the time of your passing, then the executor of your estate would be the one under the laws of the state you live in that would be responsible for dealing with it. If it if is current, there is no um, claim against the estate at that time because all you are is okay. a co-signer. Okay. But on the other hand, if your niece were to go delinquent on that and it becomes a potential legal claim against the estate, then the executor, if you have a will, the executor would have to um, make a claim that's normally done with a legal notice, and then a claim could be made against the assets you have at the time of your death. Okay. So this is completely in lawyer territory, and what we're talking about now. And by the way, you know I'm not a lawyer, right? Oh yeah, and yeah. I really don't want to have to talk to a lawyer, but okay. Oh, I'm sorry, but that's not. But you don't need one, and oh, and this as long as your niece does what she's supposed to do with this loan, and pays as agreed, everything's great for you. Everything's great for her, and it likely becomes a non-event at the time of your passing. Wonderful. How is she doing paying on that loan? She is current. Um, in fact, I just checked this morning and um the only thing is that the, the rate is 6.94 percent is that a fixed or floating i'm thinking it's fixed but i'm not sure to be honest um it's with a big bank so i'm guessing it's probably fixed it's uh 18 more eight more eight more years left on it eight more years okay well, gosh, Christine, don't be worrying about you passing away so soon. I don't plan on it. <laughs> so the way this works is if at any time your niece falls behind on that loan, you become fully liable for it and your credit takes a hit if she okay. doesn't pay it. So I don't know your relationship, how close you are to her. You must be awfully close if you co-sign. Just make sure she knows to always stay in touch with you if she hits any financial hiccup. Okay. Because you don't want to be in a position where you got blindsided, where suddenly there's a big decline in your credit score or whatever, because she, she neglected to tell you that she was having trouble making the payment. Certainly. Understood. But the, the scenario you bring up is so important because there's a massive amount of student loans that are co-signed typically by parents or grandparents, unusual that you have been so generous as an aunt. And those obligations continue for, for typically up to 30 years till someone's paid off a loan, and it can affect you in unusually unanticipated ways. You brought up one no one has ever asked me about. Tim is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Tim. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Tim. Isn't this just amazing that normally you buy a service or get a product or whatever, the bill shows up within 30 days, if not sooner, 
But what happens when you go see a doctor? Yeah, exactly. Um, and normally, I think the, the hospital that we go to normally does, does get us the bill quite quickly. Uh, this, this particular case, my, my wife was pregnant, uh, had appendicitis, and had to get surgery. Um, and then about a month later, she had the baby. All of the bills for the maternity stay came within 30 days, and we got those all paid. But then a year and a half later, a bill shows up for the, the appendectomy and kind of blindsided us. Uh, and that was, that was a little bit frustrating. I don't mind paying for the service. Um, they did a great job. They took good care of us, and I'm happy to pay for it. Um, but it was, it was just kind of irksome to be blindsided. And it didn't seem like going, going directly to social media was going to be very effectual um, since, since this is kind of a, the hospital has a little bit of a monopoly in this area. So uh, here's, the, here's the weird thing. Somebody can bill you years later, and it's still as valid a debt as it would have been if they billed you when they should have. But the reality, when there's a big delay like this, bills are much less likely to get paid. Do you have insurance, or will you uh, cash pay for this? Uh, no, we, we have insurance. Is your insurance willing to it, accept so. the claim? Uh, yes. They, they've actually, I think that that's part of the reason it took so long is because the insurance and the hospital were negotiating over, over payments. So our portion of the bill is actually relatively small, um, relative to the whole, whole size of the bill. It's only a few hundred dollars. Tim? Um, yes. I don't know if you play the lottery or not. I don't, but it sounds like you should go buy the lottery because you are one lucky guy. <laughs> because I have never had a call about an old medical bill just appearing that it ended up being as benign in someone's life as you're describing in yours. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not bad, but it's, it's just... I, we, we've kind of gotten to our wits' end when it comes to medical payments in general. Sure, um, and I'm. I'm That's because the system is broken. Yeah, I'm. I'm frustrated that that one. No one in government is talking about forcing price transparency into the system. Right. Because none of us can optimize our own welfare functions if they're arguing about these other things. And I. I so my my second my follow up question here is. How can, I, how can I get billing costs prior to service? There is no way to do that right now in medicine. You know, this has been a beef of mine for, I don't know, for decades, is that medicine is the only thing we do as Americans that pricing is not obvious and transparent. And as Congress learns to get out of its own way, one of the ways that medicine should be reformed is where prices are as obvious for medical care as they are for everything else so that you and I can actually be consumers instead of sitting ducks. Today's Clark Rageous moment involves taking advantage of people when the chips are down. How about charging people $42 for a case of water? Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous moment. That was a Best Buy in Houston charging $42 a case for water. I think about people walking into a Costco or a Sam's Club where you end up paying about $0.07 a bottle of water buying it in bulk. Best Buy has been red-faced about this and apologized upside down and backwards, said some people made a mistake locally in Houston and they are sorry. And it is just the most uh, egregious example 
of gouging. But in Texas, there are reports coming out almost by the minute of price gouging going on, which is illegal in the state of Texas. I know there are people of libertarian mind that are opposed to government laws that restrict price gouging following a natural disaster, an emergency. I am a fan of price gouging laws because if you do not restrict the bad instincts of those who would take advantage of others' moment of misfortune, then you set a bad example for everyone. I think you especially give a bad message to our children, the idea that, well, it's everybody for themselves. And Best Buy, I hope you're going to give away a lot of free water for a long time to make amends for this. I'm glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where you learn ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. Clark.com slash ask, where you go to ask questions. And I have a question for you. Do you pay for a music service? Our producer, Joel, is obsessed with Amazon's music service. And I don't know how you still hear it all, because... You love music so much. I do love music. Amazon's is so good. They even, they just, everything works so well on it. There's so many good choices. You can download the music to your phone. It's like when I'm on Wi-Fi, I can download some of my favorite albums and I can listen to them anywhere without using any internet on my phone. So the knock on Amazon's music service that comes with Prime correct? There's one that comes with Prime. I'm doing right now, which on Clark Deals, we posted this, a four-month free trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited for $1. So I'm trying that. And then after that, it is $10 a month. It is. so $10 a month. We'll see if I do it. But Amazon is trying as much as they can to attract college students. College students are great Amazon customers because often the parents are paying for what they're buying. And so they uh, tend to be a bit of shopaholics on Amazon. And so Amazon is now offering $5 a month to college students. You know, if you have the EDU email address, you can have that just like Spotify and iTunes do for college students. College students are so sought after because they tend after school to be big customers of subscription services. And over time, college graduates make roughly 60% more than people who don't have college degrees. That's the average earnings over a lifetime. So they are targeted with lower cost offers than other people. And for the music services, that's been $4.99 is where they've all ended up. But Joel paying after these four months, the whole idea of the dollar a month is to get you hooked and get you paying the 10 a month. I think you actually will pay less than that as a Prime member. I think you'll pay 8 I think so, yeah. something like that. But the big story with the music services is that they all offer family plans that allow five people, and they don't have to be family members, onto a single membership where each has their own playlist for 15 a month. So... Uh, some of them allow actually allow six people, some only five. So it's $3 a month per person typically, although if you actually 
on one of the services that offers six people for the 15, you're paying, what, two and a half a month per person. And so Spotify is the giant of that. Spotify is the uh, most successful of the music services, even though I don't know they've ever made a dime. Apple came in with a music service really as a defensive move against Spotify. Google has theirs that I don't know how, if anybody uses the Google service, the Google Play Music, and then now the Amazon Music Unlimited, which is far more rich a music catalog than what comes with Prime membership. Now, I am someone who music is not important to. So this is really weird and terrible. You are going to be embarrassed for me. And I am totally throwing out my street cred about being a money-saving guy. We have a family Spotify membership because I have a lot of music maniacs in my house. And so I'm the fifth person on that. I have never set that up. I still, I only listen to music to jog. And that's it. I mean, that's it. And I use the Pandora free service with the ads. And I've never gotten around to setting up the Spotify. Does that make me a complete loser? Well, you could at least just set up your Spotify and you could do it like a radio like Pandora and not have any ads. Don't the ads ruin your jogging momentum? No, I actually am quite interested in who advertises and how they target their advertising on Pandora versus like what you'd hear on a traditional radio show. But that's not why I do it. I do it because I never set up Spotify. No valid excuse for me. Victoria is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Victoria. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you. You have gotten one of those letters from Sears kicking you to the curb. You're... You're another of the people I'm hearing from about it. What does the Sears letter say to you? Well, it says, you know, thanking me for being a valued card member and the fact that I paid off my card a little over 16 months ago and haven't used it since, that if I don't use it by 1031, they're going to lower my credit limit by $7,000. Okay, so that is different than the other people I've heard from. The others I've heard from have just had their cards canceled for inactivity, mm-hmm. closed for inactivity. So in your case, they're saying you don't use it, we're putting you in a penalty box. Okay, kind of, yeah. If is, you don't keep your credit limit from being, oh, it says to keep your credit limit from being lowered due to inactivity, you must make a purchase or other transaction by this date, right. October 31st. All right, so that's a significant thing for you. Do you have a Sears-only card, or do you have a Sears MasterCard? I have a MasterCard. All right, so with the Sears MasterCard, you can use it anywhere, even if you don't shop at Sears anymore. Just use it somewhere for one purchase, any purchase, uh-huh. and you'll you'll put the credit limit decline at bay. And the reason you want to do this is that if your credit limit is cut, that has an impact, and depending on how many other credit cards you have, it could have a significant impact on your overall credit score. Right, and that was is what I was concerned about. I mean, you know, I always take your advice when it comes to paying off your debt, and I have used the latter process. Good job. 
and and I have a, a three year goal. I'm in year two, and I'm I'm right on track. And and this is not you know I saw this, and I was just floored. Well, but we're going to keep this from hurting you, okay? Okay. So just go, uh, just go buy a candy bar at a convenience store or <laughs> go fill up your car with gas or something. Just go make one purchase and that'll probably buy you another year before they send you another letter telling you they want to reduce your limit or close your account. It's kind of rude, I think. And <laughs> well, <laughs> so, blackmail. Yeah, well... You know, credit card companies, they actually, I'm telling you, they gave you a better letter than what I've heard from others because they didn't close your account, say, you know, your account's being closed. By lowering your limit, though, that is a a significant hit. What is your current limit? My current limit is um, 9,100. Ooh, so they would cut you to 2,100? Yes. Oh, well, then after you and I talk, you need to get somewhere and buy something and just buy one something oh yes i'll, I'll just buy something as you uh suggest and because i don't want to mess up any of your laddering and paying down your debts that's so I great <sighs> how many other cards do you have i have three more that i am in the process of paying off okay good for you you know when you make that last payment in a few years the feeling you'll have, it will stun you how great that will feel. Oh, I, I remember the feeling when I paid off my mortgage. So you're mortgage debt-free, but you have credit cards? Yes, sir. All right. So once you pay off those credit cards, you are just debt-free, which is... That's what I... And which is what I'm going for, yeah. Love that. Love that. So don't let the Sears people throw you off your game, and you'll be just fine. And... That single purchase will make it good. Maybe maybe you remember the best thing is twice a year use that card, and then they won't be out for you. You'll be fine if you do one now and do one. Uh, maybe when we switch back in the spring back to daylight saving time, you could make another purchase then. Ken is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hey, Ken, how are you doing? Hi, Clark. How are you? I'm doing great. So your daughter is in college, and you thought it was enough money already for tuition, for housing, for food, for transportation to and from school, but now you've found out of nowhere there's another thing that costs about the national debt of a small country. Yes, that's absolutely right. She she was a very nice student, and she had great grades. She got a scholarship to uh, the school that is on my... I don't know if I can mention the school. So Go ahead. Name wrong. the school where she got uh, a scholarship. Yeah, she got a, a full-ride scholarship to Wake Forest. No um, way, no had, way. All right, so yeah. Wake Forest is not only one of the most beautiful schools in America, it is very difficult to get into. It is so hard yeah. to get into that when people can afford it, they, they'll they just pay that huge tuition because they're so excited their kid got in there. And your child is so smart that she got a free ride? Yes. Basically, that's it. Yes. She she had a, a weighted GPA of 5.0 with her IB program in high school. And so, my GPA was a .5, so she's doing much better than I did. Not that low. 
so we're awfully proud of her. But uh, yeah, she we she just got there a couple weeks ago, and now uh, we need to come up with another eight hundred dollars for books. And uh, she went to the financial aid. She says you, you, they've. She's got all you can. She's going to get, and uh, you have to come up with it on your own. All right. So let's talk about some ideas. My favorite is that she rent her textbooks. Some of them can't be rented. They've got that figured out because now you need an online code to correspond with the book. All right. Well, so I know a lot of the kids at, at Wake are pretty wealthy, and they're not sweating this. Correct. But there are other kids that you know, that money's tight for as well. Right. And the best thing to do in a class is share a book with another right. student. Yeah. Because if you share a book, I mean, nobody's studying out of that same book all the time. So if, yes. if you share one with somebody else, you've immediately cut the cost in half. I mean, when I was in college, there was one semester that I couldn't buy any of my books. And I went through a whole semester of college with not one of the textbooks I was supposed to have. <laughs> well, I, I went to college, too, back in the day. And, uh, yeah, you could get away with it back then. Um, sharing's a possibility, I guess. Sharing, is, um, sharing is, is actually what is done a lot now on campuses. Mm-hmm. But with the books that she can rent, which you said yeah. some of them she's got to do this stuff with the code, but with the books yeah, you can rent... Not, yeah. It's not only a, a book, but then you, there's some online that corresponds with the book, and they only give you the, uh, pro, the um, proprietary code if you buy the book. The book, in this case, was $350 for one book. Absolutely insensitive and unacceptable. Yeah. Has she been to the dean of the department? I do not believe so. All right, so get her to be her own advocate. And go to the dean. The dean's used to all these. I mean, let's face it. Wake is a great school, but most of the kids come from very privileged families. So they're not used to people who who money's really (laughs) tough for. She should go talk to the dean of the department and say, I I just can't afford this. Is there anything that you can do in the department? And the deans really appreciate students self-advocating. You know, not a parent calling the student going as a teenager and advocating, in this case, for herself. Now, there are there are some books, though, that you don't have to do the, the crazy code for, right? Yes, there are. All right, yeah. so I yeah. want uh, you and her to know about Chegg, C-H-E-G-G. C-H-E-G-G, I'm writing it down. And you can rent textbooks from Chegg. Amazon also, we were just talking about Amazon a few minutes ago. Amazon has a textbook renting program. There's also something you can do that we have on Clark.com about buying textbooks from England. Because they have a different attitude about college and university in England. A lot of textbooks, you can get English language textbooks from England at usually uh, less than half the cost, even including shipping, versus what they cost in the United States. Well, that's interesting. I'll definitely uh, be looking into that as well. But I want um, I want her to make a, a beeline path to the dean and see what that dean will do for her. And you never know, as a young freshman going and introducing yourself to a dean, what kind of opportunities will open up even in the department if it's an area that's key to where she wants to study moving forward. 
It's time for Ask Clark. That's where Joel asked the question that you posted for me at Clark.com. What you got going on, Joel? Clark Patsy wrote in and she says, is the Gas Buddy card to save money on gas purchases legitimate? Well, yeah, it is legit. The Gas Buddy, which is the great shopping source, uh, most people have their app on their phone, tells you the lowest prices where you are, and it's especially valuable right now to use Gas Buddy or their arch rival Gas Price Watch because in the aftermath of the hurricane, well, it's not quite aftermath in Louisiana, but the aftermath of the storms and the effect on the oil supply, prices have been going haywire in different places. And in most markets, the gap in price from the lowest cost gas station to the highest is gigantic right now, much wider range than normal based on a number of factors. And so using the ability to see who's got the best price right now is great. Now, Gas Buddy, because they have such a loyal following, has come out with a discount program that is based on you linking their program to your checking account. Now, for gas station operators, they have as their largest expense, other than the fuel they purchase, are credit card processing charges. So for them, if you clear a purchase of gasoline as a equivalent of a gas tra- as a cash transaction, the savings to them are quite large for every gallon. So you get part of that savings through the Gas Buddy program, and you save five cents a gallon on your purchases, which saves the station money, and in turn they pass savings on to you. The better deal is to get a credit card, just what the gas stations don't want me to say and just don't want you using, is to get a credit card that gives you 4 or 5 or 6% gas back on gasoline purchases. They are widely available. It's a popular benefit on reward cards to give back 4 to $0.06 cents a gallon, uh, 4 to 6%. I said cents, 4 to 6%, which for a typical purchase of gasoline would be... Um, uh, 12 cents or so on each gallon of gas would be a better idea than linking your checking account, which exposes your checking account, which makes me nervous anyway. It's not a ripoff. It's just not the best deal. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you tuning in to The Clark Howard Show. And if you'd like more fun stuff to listen to by podcast, well... We have our Empowerment Zone. This is where you get to hear the stories of people that have done amazing things, either in overcoming hardship in their lives or things they've done to accomplish. Go to Clark.com slash Empowerment Zone. Empowerment Zone.